praise him for his victory. Hallelujah. Amen. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe the closest thing we can come to heaven, hallelujah, is going to the house of the Lord to Mount Zion. You'll never find a more concentrated, amen, nucleus of angels anywhere in a city but around Mount Zion. Hallelujah. You'll find Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the blood of sprinkling. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Where the spirits of the justified or the just are made perfect. Praise God. There's no place like Mount Zion. I said there's no place like Mount Zion. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And we are come to that spiritual Jerusalem on earth. Hallelujah. How many are thankful that God sets up camp in cities? Hallelujah. Amen. Where you don't really have to drive 60 miles to be in Mount Zion. Not if you don't want to. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad. Hallelujah. Amen. That God. Hallelujah. Put, put me in the church. How many are thankful that God put you in the church? How many are here because you want to go to heaven? I said, how many are here because he washed away your sin? Amen. Amen. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe those attributes will be given to us. He'll make you faithful. Hallelujah. He'll make you accountable. When you believe you'll be accountable. Praise God. Hallelujah. When you get the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't look for fig leaves. Amen. For some man-made way. Hallelujah. When we don't. Come on. How many are thankful there's still the blood? There's still the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that we can have fellowship with God. And how many have been enjoying, amen, Elder Wilson? Amen. We have been tremendously blessed. Hallelujah. And uh, still feasting on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Hallelujah. Good, good preaching and more to come. Amen. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and Sunday of this week. Hallelujah. And by the grace of God, I'm going to be here every service. Hallelujah. I wake up today's service. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to pray harder. Hallelujah. Can you say praise God? Amen. And we love the Wilsons. Amen. And we appreciate them consenting to come. Hallelujah. And uh, sound like he does have a busy schedule leaving here. We're glad that he took the time to be with us. Hallelujah. And uh, we, are, we are blessed because of it. We need preaching. The Bible says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as we see. The church sees, collectively sees the day approaching. What is that day? That's the day of the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. We need more church and less world. I said we need more prayer and less other activities. Come on. Hallelujah. I believe nothing else is going to matter after the trumpet sounds. And how many believe we're going to know who really loved Jesus? Hallelujah. When that trumpet, we're going to know who really Amen. Was in love with Jesus, who was right with God when that trumpet sounds. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are thankful for opportunities. And I believe 
God opens and sets times like this of revival. Amen. Where, hallelujah, where we come together. Amen. More often than just Sunday and Wednesday. Amen. And uh, we hear tremendous preaching. Hallelujah. That gets us closer to the Lord. Amen. And uh, amen. We're thankful that he has come. Thankful for Sister Hallelujah. Uh, Wilson. Amen. Whatever they plan on doing tonight. Hallelujah. Come take your liberty. Amen. Give him that microphone right here. Hallelujah. And everybody say, God bless Elder Wilson. Thank you, Pastor Charles. Praise the Lord, everyone. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap tonight. Love the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, let's give him praise. Let's give him worship. He's a great God. He's a mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. We love and appreciate Brother and Sister Charles so much. We've enjoyed our fellowship together. We appreciate your great pastor. He is such a great Bible, uh, he has such great Bible knowledge. I really just uh, admire this. We don't find this in the measure that uh, your pastor has uh, just everywhere we go, you know, and that's not comparing, the Bible says not to compare ourselves one with another, ourselves one with, uh, among ourselves, but uh, anyway, uh, I'm just so impressed with your pastor and his love for God and his desire. And all of you folks that that you uh, you are cooperating with the man of God in your life. And uh, this is not a man of God that just says, ah, just do what you want to, you know. We talked about being flojo, right? Remember that one? Just come as you are. It doesn't matter, you know. And, and then they, they kind of sometimes they'll end up. I know churches now that just have one service on Sundays and one service in the midweek. And some of them are getting to where, well, there's not many churches. i got to be careful here. Not many churches. Anyway, that uh, don't even come that much again. I want to discourage you. Hallelujah. Uh, they, they don't really have much. Many, not everybody comes on Wednesday. That's not good. I got in church. We still had service up, uh, when, or Wednesday night. You know, we did Wednesday and Friday. And we had Friday night youth service. And we had a good crowd on Friday night. And that's where our young, uh, us young men started preaching in Friday nights. And we had a good crowd. Anyway, and uh, I don't want to get back. The pastor said, I don't want to. It's not time for us to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So don't get your flesh all upset. And pastor says, you know, let's have prayer. and Let's do this. Let's do that. We're trying to go to heaven. This is the real thing. This is the real deal. We're not trying to be, you know, we're not trying to be uh, just going through the motions. And it'll all be worth it. Especially, you know, your kids, if the Lord tarries, your kids need to be in a real apostolic Holy Ghost church. And, uh, you know, where we don't just let sin just run around the congregation, all that kind of stuff, and it messes up your kids, messes up your family. We don't want that. But I'm so glad to be here today, and I enjoyed last evening. We had some non-spiritual, maybe, maybe it was non-spiritual fellowship with some of us young men, and Mr. Juan hit a desperation shot from almost half court to end the game. It was something out of his greatest dreams and imagination. Anyway, 
these guys were Judy and man Alex and where's Mr. Marksman, Mr. Brian, they were just having a good time. We didn't have the big guys there. We didn't have the rock'em sock'em brother, uh, brother Jackson, is that right? No, no, brother, uh, not Jackson. The Foster. And our other brother here. Did you know this is fully carnal? Why was it so carnal? But this other brother here, you would not think he could grab the rim with this brother. So right, you can still grab the rim. Unbelievable. Wow. But thank God we have time. How does that relate? Anyway, we were just enjoying fellowship. This is a great church. And we need to love one another and have fellowship one with another and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't ever, ever tell you, sir, well, there's no, there's nobody here to have fellowship with, and this, you know, there's nothing to do. That's the devil talking to you. This is a great life. Living for God is a great life. Amen. The devil wants to push you around. And we're going to sing the same song. We don't want to sing that way. Can we turn here? We can't do that one. Okay. All right. Let's sing that one first, and then we'll see about the faith stuff. Anyway, this song, I love this song. This is an old song uh, now. And uh, God hath not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And uh, let's exercise our faith. You know what faith says? Faith says, I'm going to pray. Faith says, I'm going to give. Faith says, I'm going to be faithful. Faith says, I'm not going to give up. Faith resists the devil. So don't let the devil push you around. Amen. All you got to do is just crank it up and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to do some works of faith. That's what I'm going to preach about. That's what I'm going to preach about, the works of faith. And one of the works of faith is resisting the devil because the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Goliath was roaring, fear had gripped the land. Hands and love the Lord, faith is able. Oh, let's praise him, let's worship him. Nothing shall be impossible with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. While we are standing, let's stand together today. Go to the word of the Lord. We're going to read from the book of James and also the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. The book of James. Chapter number 2 and verse number 14 speaks of the power of doing things with your faith. And uh, we could even say demonstrating or strengthening your faith. But let's look at James. El libro de Santiago, capítulo 2. ¿Cuántos dicen gloria a Dios? The book of James, chapter number I've got a mark there somewhere. James chapter number 2 and verse number 14. Mis lentes. Se esfumó. Cuatro. Mejor. Now I have four. I have four eyes. Here we go. James chapter number 2 and verse number 14. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Preaching about the works of faith. If a brother or sister be naked, destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, 
Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? And it says a brother. We're not scripturally obligated to give everyone. The Bible says give him that asketh and so on. But we're not scripturally obligated to give everyone that is in need, especially those who have, you know, anyway, God's dealing with them. Verse number 16, and one of you saying to them, depart in peace. No, we already read that. Verse number 17, even so faith, if it have, if it have not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou, all, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And then we have a few verses here that are actually covered in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And we're just going to read one verse from Hebrews chapter 11, but I'll refer to this chapter, which we call the Hall of Fame of Faith. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And let me just interject that this chapter is a hall of faith, a hall of fame of faith, of people who did things to demonstrate their faith or to exercise and utilize their faith. But I want to preach to you uh, tonight with the help of the Lord, and I pray that, uh, that you would help me, the Lord uh, would help me, on this title, The Works of Faith. And uh, I, feel, I felt very strongly today in prayer, this was the will of God. I've not preached this this way before, and so let's just ask the Lord to have his way. Lord Jesus, we ask you to speak to us. Señor, que tú nos hables. God, we ask you, Lord, to have your way. Que tenga tu voluntad. Jesus we need your help. Necesitamos tu ayuda, Señor. We need your strength. Tu fuerza también nos falta, Señor. We ask you, Lord, speak to us. Help us in the name of Jesus, we pray. In the nombre del Señor, oramos. And you can be seated. Pueden tomar sus asientos. Hallelujah. The works of faith. Las obras de fe. Faith is defined as assurance or belief over 1,000 times in the Bible. This says, I could be misreading my notes here, but I, that, that's it. I, I don't know if that's really accurate, but this is out of the, so I, I took this out of the uh, Strong's or uh, Theological Dictionary. Um, uh, as belief, fidelity. Faith is the conviction of the truth of anything. The conviction of the truth of anything. In the New Testament, uh, a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Generally, faith is, can also be defined uh, with the crude idea of trust and a holy fervor born of relationship to God and divine things. Another definition is the conviction that God exists and he is the creator of and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of, of eternal salvation through Christ. One of the things that we need to understand is that the scripture said, again, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must, what? Believe that he is. The introduction in the book of Genesis 
uh, that we read about a God who made the world through his word. It's an introduction to a God that is different than the gods of Hinduism, than the abstract philosophies of Buddhism. It is actually a different God than Muhammad brought to us in the Quran, his interpretation of God, even though he claims the same, uh, and that's debatable, that he claims the same God of Abraham, we are introduced to a God in his interpretation, that is, that condones uh, killing uh, and, uh, and destruction of those who were innocent and uh, continued warfare, and a God that has never paid the price that Jesus Christ paid on the cross. It is a different God, a God that they don't even know if they will be saved and all, all of those things. But the Bible introduces us to the characteristic of God, and it's up to us to believe in that God. We fight things. We fight our, pre, our, 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 our beliefs uh, that we have developed in our family relationships, one thing. Those who have not had father images or have had fathers that were not uh, trustworthy, um, and no father is perfect, but can minimize or challenge an individual's ability to believe in a God that is always faithful, a God that never lies, a God who will never be late and never leave you nor forsake you. There are situations that challenge our faith. And right off the bat, we need to remember the Bible said there is a fight of faith and there is a trial of faith. And the reason there is a trial and a struggle uh, of faith is, number one, because this is the world that we live in, but also to build up our faith, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. How important is your faith? We've already said without faith, it's impossible to please God. But also the Bible says that this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The Bible tells us from the very beginning that God rewarded faith. He singled out people that were in the Old Testament by faith Noah. The Bible said, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Faith, when God spoke to Noah, motivated him not only to believe in God, but to fear the repercussions, the results, that if he did not obey God, he would be lost and his family would be destroyed. Faith moved him to do something, and faith caused him to work for 100 years. We don't know if he worked that full 100 years. Some theologians believe that the ark was finished for 20 years. I don't know where they get that, but there was a time while the ark was a preparing, the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. And the Bible said Noah kept preaching and preaching, a, a righteous man preaching. But he was working, building, and the Bible said he built according to a plan. I'm preaching about the works of faith. Let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We won't go through all of these stories, 
we have a list here of people who did things. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. This is verse 4. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he uh, being dead, yet speaketh. A, uh, J, or Abel knew, and Cain should have known, that God had already required the blood as an expiation or a covering for sin. Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, fig leaves, but the Lord said, the Lord demonstrated that was not sufficient, and he covered them with animal skins. Why was one better than the other? They could have covered themselves if they knew how to weave. Uh, they could have covered themselves with cotton or flax or some other vegetable base. Uh, a covering, but God said no, and what it was is that, that they were covered by an animal that lost its life. The blood was shed, and from the very beginning, God let it be known there must be a sacrifice. There must be a price paid for sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the Old Testament, they knew that God would be pleased and to approach God, to make peace with God, to make an avenue where one could petition God, there needed to be an acceptable sacrifice. I'm not preaching on it, but not every sacrifice is acceptable. And God said, if you don't give me your best, I won't accept it. Several times in the Old Testament, God said, you can, you can dance, you can, you can lift your hands, you can even sing to me, but I'm not going to accept it if you don't give it to me with a pure heart. Hey, that makes me careful how I come to the house of God. I don't want to just presume that God's going to accept every offering I bring. I've got to wash my heart. I've got to bring myself a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. Hallelujah. You say, well, that's the works. No, that's not carnal works. That's just meeting up to God's holiness. The Bible said, God is holy. And uh, be ye holy, for I am holy. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. It's evident that Abel or that Cain's heart was not right. Because immediately, de repente, en un instante, immediately, when he was not uh, blessed and his sacrifice did not show the, 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 the proof of being accepted, he became angry and he slew his brother. But the blood of Enoch spoke and it spoke out that one sacrifice was accepted and one wasn't. It spoke out the condemnation of his brother, but it was by faith that he offered that sacrifice by faith, by faith. Abel offered unto God. It was a work. And let me tell you something. You offer sacrifices to God. You young people that are living for God, and, and I admire you so much, whether you are raised in church or not raised in, in the church, that every day you come to church, it's a living sacrifice. That every day that you read your Bible and that you pray on your own, we still pray on our own, don't we? Hallelujah. We pray at home. We pray as Daniel prayed when they said, if we see you praying, we're going to take you and throw you in a lion's den. But Daniel never stopped praying. That was his act of faith. It was something he was still going to do. Why? Because he knew if I give an offering to God, God's going to bless me. 
every day you're giving to God a sacrifice acceptable to God. And he loves it. And he sends his anointing. And he sends his power. Let me tell you what I'm preaching today is not about necessarily how to get saved. The Bible has kind of, I hate to use the word dichotomy, but the Bible has scriptures that we, that, that, that we are saved by faith. And, uh, and let me just explain to you that if you repent and you're baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and stay filled with the Holy Ghost, because the Bible teaches the doctrine of renewing in the Holy Ghost, you know it says that, right? No solamente recibimos el Espíritu Santo una vez. Tenemos que renovarnos en el Espíritu Santo. We don't just forget the Holy Ghost one time. We've got to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says this, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. No salvó por la regeneración, el lavamiento de la regeneración en la, la renovación en el Espíritu Santo. The renewing of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said, though this outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So in that aspect, you stay full of the Holy Ghost, you are saved. Hey, this is something sometimes Pentecostals need to remember. And that is, we are not saved by how many times we run the house. We're not saved by what we do on the outside. We're not saved just because we come to church and you need to, we need to come to church because we need, this is our body and this is, this is our spiritual you know, fellowship and our family. But we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And as long as you are in the church, you are on your way to heaven. You don't need to be afraid. Don't even think of backsliding. Always stay in the church and you are saved and you are going to make it to heaven. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. The church is his workmanship. The Bible said, not of works, does any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works. And so, anyway, that's the aspect, that's the side of, yes, we know there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. However, we have the, the works of faith. We demonstrate we have faith. There are levels of faith. Did you know in the Bible it speaks about having weak faith? Uh, for, for brevity, I, I could go. I've got a list of scriptures here, but we need to try to cover some ground. The Bible speaks many times. The scripture said that Abraham, be not weak in faith, staggered not at the promises of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Faith will make you do some things in your life. Faith will motivate you to believe. Faith will help you to say, uh, 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 doctor, uh, I know you're doing a good job, uh, Mr. Doctor, but uh, I just believe there's a higher power. I believe I want to get a second opinion from the God who made the world. I know a doctor who's a great physician, and God is able to do what is impossible. Faith. Faith stands up for itself. Hallelujah. You can be seated. The works of faith. So there are these. There is this specific doctrine of the works of faith. Now, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 said, Now by the faith, hope, 
Charity abideth, abideth, abideth. It stays, it lives, it's there. Now abideth, it's firm. It abides in the church. And these are some of the foundations of the church. Faith, hope, and charity. We know that each one of these require works. There are works that demonstrate your love for God. There are works that demonstrate your hope in God. And we're preaching about the other, uh, the third area tonight, and that is the works of faith. So let me get down to some things I wrote in prayer, and I want to make sure I cover those before we go on. Number one, a work of faith. I don't know if we have any guests. I hope we do. I didn't get a chance to revisar lo, los uh, congregantes en esta noche. I didn't have a chance to review who is all here, the congregants here tonight. But number one, faith responds to the grace of God. Oh, there's such a misinterpretation of grace. And you're a wonderful pastor. I know he's taught on this. If you haven't got it, no estaba escuchando. You weren't listening. The Bible. Grace is not a license to sin. Even in the world, the grace of God is defined as, uh, as being set apart by God. No, that's holiness. What, it, it, there's two aspects of the grace of God. It is the empowerment of God. What's the other one? What that they emphasize, the, the Trinitarian world. Uh, God's Unmerited favor. There we go. The unmerited favor of God, that is part of the grace of God. How many knows kind of what that means? Unmerited. That none of us deserve to be saved. And God, by grace, are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself is the gift of God. But there is a huge, it probably overlaps, but there's a huge definition, work of grace, that they... Cierran sus ojos. And that is where it says... Uh, the book of Titus, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly and godly and righteously and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, even the glorious appearance of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, let's thank God for His grace and His mercy. The grace of God. Yes, the grace of God is God operating. The grace of God is God empowering. But you must respond to the grace of God. Oh, that's totally scriptural. I'm totally in the book. I'm theologically, we are theologically absolutely in the book. When we preach, you must respond to the grace of God. You are not saved just because the grace of God reaches for you. The unmerited favor of God. And we've already quoted this, Pastor quotes this, and that is Romans chapter 6. We've got to say this again. What then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then he gets into the whole discussion. We won't go there, but the Bible tells us that the grace of God empowers us really to be aware and also to live above sin. 
Now, that's what the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes free. God paid for the Holy Ghost. It's not. We don't earn the Holy Ghost. But we do have to seek the Holy No me digas que tú no tienes que seguir a Dios. Don't tell me you don't have to seek after God. Because from the beginning, the Bible tells us that they sought after God. Desde el principio, el Señor nos habló que debemos right. See, that we tenemos que seguir al Señor. You can be seated. Seek Isaiah chapter Right, seek the Lord. Where's that? Chapter number 55, I think. Yeah, I said, seek the Lord while he may be found. And then Paul preached that we should seek him if happily we might feel after him. Jesus said, seek and ye shall find. We have a responsibility to seek after God. So God gives us hints. I always forget this in Spanish. What's the word hint? Chisme, chisme. Uh, hint. Who knows? Who knows who's going to win the prize tonight? What's a hint? Nadie sabe. Pista. Eso sí. Usted, we need a, we need a, we need, some, we need a prize tonight. Una pista. God gives us a hint. God begins to, 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 to move and, and cause us to feel conviction. That's the grace of God. God deals with us in a dream. God deals with us with maybe something that happens in our life, and we begin to feel God. That's God dealing with us. We have to begin to say, hey, what's happening here? Is there a God? Is this God? What's going on here? And we begin to seek after God. And God opens up doors and God sends us people miraculously. Your testimony, your testimony, most, all of our testimonies are powerful because they are a witness of how sequentially God puts people in our lives and God speaks to us. Some of you, it was a song you heard. Some it was, it, it was something that somebody out of the blue told you. Somewhere God just put something in your mind. And God began to cause you to begin to search and seek after Him. A work of faith. A work of faith is starting to seek after God. I, I, I don't like this idea that we just get in the church. And in, in, the, in the denominal world, they just accept the Lord as a personal Savior. Maybe we'll talk about that. A mental ascent, and they're always saved. Let me tell you, that is so outside of the Scriptures. I've never studied John Calvin in depth because no valdría la pena. It wouldn't be worth it. Because a man that was so great and a man that was so powerful, incidentally, that killed, who was it? Michael Servetus, a very powerful oneness physician. Not, not all of his uh, doctrines were correct, but he killed him. He murdered him. But he was the one that pushed this idea that you just believe in God, believe in the, in, in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, and no matter what you do, you will always be saved. Eternal security. Not true. Jesus said, Demas has, or Paul said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. It is impossible for those who have once, uh, in the book of Hebrews, uh, once, uh, t- once been in the faith, if they shall turn and, and tread on the blood of Jesus Christ to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to open shame. So this this idea that we can just accept the Lord and go on. Hey, let's put the rubber where the road is. Let's talk about the facts. You cannot be a Christian and, com- and, and continue to commit fornication. No, no. 
You cannot be a Christian and be watching the filth of that in your home continuamente. We need to get the devil out of our home. We need to, hey, otherwise you're living in a haunted house. You're living in a house with evil spirits. Now, those of you who live in unsaved homes, that's a different situation, but you've got to stay away from that. The grace of God teaches us, but we must respond. God will convict us, but you've got to respond. When God convicts you of music, you've got to respond. You've got to get rid of some stuff. You've got to get rid of some USBs. You know, now it's not discs, right? Tocadiscos. It's not casetas. And it's not 8-track tapes. That's way back. And before that, reel to reel. And I don't know what before that. Anyway, <laughs> you got to get rid of some stuff. Books. You got. We don't read romance novels anymore. We don't read unclean, even Western stories. Well, I got to get off of this. We ought to have some convictions about what we have in our house. That's right. Sometimes God speaks to us and tells us to clean up our family. Sometimes God gets us up and says, hey, hey, look around your house. See what's going on. See what's happening. So, well, I'm a teenager. I'm 16. Well, you're still under my house. You're still under my roof. We're going to keep this place clean. Grace of God or faith responds. Faith humbles himself. The Bible said that uh, as, as, uh, as the prophet preached, to Nineveh. Now I'm forgetting the prophet's name. It wasn't Noah. These are the two guys. Jonah. <laughs> Jonah and Noah, you know. I got some guys in some churches that their names are Jonah. Yeah, one guy's name's Jonah. When I go there, I say, hey, Noah, what's going on? No. I said, oh, yeah, anyway, both of them were in a boat. Anyway, but uh, Jonah. <laughs> Sorry. Jonah preached, and the Bible said that Nineveh repented. There's power in repentance. David the prophet said, Thou art the man, and David responded, I have sinned. Not only did he not only did he repent, but he fasted and he humbled himself to God. He didn't just get up and say, Well, that's taken care of. I repent. One pastor told me he dealt with a guy who had a bad attitude. He was rebellious. He brought him into his uh, office this years ago. And he said, You have a bad attitude, and you are this, you do that. And this guy, you know, I'm, I'm sure he was long suffering with him. And uh, this guy looked at him, and he said, taken care of. I just repented. <laughs> Next. Like, what? That's all you're going to say is taken care of. How about repented? <laughs> Give me some fruits. Give me some fruits, meat for repentance. Even John the Baptist said, all you soldiers, you've got to change your ways. You tax collectors are going to have to return some money. All of you, I want to see some changes. Don't come down here and tell me you want to be baptized if you're not willing to show some repentance. You've got to have a humble heart. Yes, yes. So the Bible says that faith, faith, when they were preached to, that faith resulted in humbling ourselves. Let me tell you, it pays off to try, to try to humble ourselves to God. One of the, one of the most important things that we as, or that, we, that young people can learn, uh, and that is, and children, but young people especially, even though you turn 18, doesn't mean that you have the right to just do anything you want to. 
Really, isn't it just another day? Think about it. Isn't it just another day? Aren't you still a child of God? And there will be young people that will put it in your mouth. Well, I, when you turn 18, you can just, you, and, and uh, you know, get, well, I'm out of here. Well, well, you're going to have to take care of your heart. We can't force you. Obviously, it's a free country. But you need to get this in your heart that I am going to have a submitted spirit, not just to my pastor, but to the Word of God, to the Holy Ghost, and to, and to the church. Or God himself. So I meant to say that to the Word of God and God himself. So... Faith, faith, humility, humility. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. I'm going to turn to a scripture, the book of 1 Peter, chapter number 4. I'm just going to share this with you briefly. And that is that one time in my life I went on a, I was a young person, 17 years old, living at the church, 17 or 18 years old, living at the church. And I went on a little fast, not a long fast, a little fast. And, uh. And I expected, you know, all these things. I expected, well, I expect maybe God to give me, you know, some great revelation in his word, all this stuff. And uh, anyway, God gave me this scripture very clearly. I mean, it was like, boom. Spoke to me uh, very clearly. And I think it's in 1 Peter, chapter number 5. Yes. And verse number, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, this is a big subject right here because there's a lot of people that push themselves. They climb the ladders. We see them. It's human nature. It'll happen outside of the church and in the church. Hopefully less, and I believe less in the church. I believe the problems that are connected to human la- uh, nature are much more less. I really can't logically, I hate to use that word here, but I, I cannot believe it's otherwise. They say, well, it happens in the church. I'm going to say, but less, because we come to church and we submit ourselves to God. Well, I serve, but it's less. I want to know what's your rate of divorce in the world. I want to know what's your rate of messing up in the world. It's less. In fact, we are probably double, triple, ten times better than you guys. It's not because of us. It's because we're empowered by a God that inhabits the heavens, a God that gives us power to overcome sin. We're trying to live right. But humility is an act of faith. Jesus said, when a man calls a big feast... Don't you march right up there and take the biggest, you know, the chair right. And some people do, they do, do that They're right there. It bugs me. It's bugged me. It's bogged me. It's bugged me as a young person. And uh, there have been times, I'm not going to be carnal here, but I've wondered, I've wondered, does it really work? Does it really work? Have you ever wondered? You know, it seems like people that push themselves, oh, but it does work. It works to humble yourself. I wouldn't want to be in a seat or in a place of somebody that's always trying to be seen. Now, part of this is our carnal nature. I want to tell you something, that I struggle and you struggle and uh, we all have pride. It's part of our egocentricism. It's not an excuse, but I'm not going to stand up here and say I don't have pride. I'd be lying. I'd be like, boom, and his lightning bolt would go, pow, pow. I couldn't escape. All of a sudden, you got me. Right, right, he wouldn't miss (laughs) The Bible said he cast down. The Bible tells, what does it say here again? God uh, said, uh, 
humble yourselves. Be clothed. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. He that exalt here we go. He that exalteth himself shall be abased. Choose the humble road. Choose if you can, because this is hard. The tongue is so bad. Choose to not talk about yourself all the time. You want to know how to win friends and influence people? Right, 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 right. Learn to talk about that person you're talking to. Learn to and listen a little bit. Doesn't mean you don't talk about yourself a little bit. That's part of con- good conversation skills. Learn to not promote yourself. Learn to take the second table. There's going to be a day when first shall be last and last shall be first. Oh, rest assured. There will be a day. There will be a day when people that just clean the church are going to be ahead of people that got tons of glory. This this big, well, i got to be careful here, but I'd be in the church too. And this conference mentality where we see sometimes people marching, you know, and God, God knows and, you know, and uh, God's good and God's merciful. But that can mess you all up. And you can think, who am I? I'm nothing. I get no recognition. I fight, I fight just to live for God. And here I've got to see this. And you can be discouraged. But remember something. They're still your brothers and sisters. And it may not be everybody has troubles. You may think their life is perfect. Their life is not perfect. And you may think their life is they have rich. and it, it probably was not that way. But yes, there are some situations. But they were born on first base. And somebody hit a single and they scored and they thought they hit a home run. But they don't care. Some people really, 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 i got to be careful here, Sister Wilson, because my spirit can get into this. But God says, we'll just look at it this way. We won't go into this. It's true. Okay, watch. okay I'm not going to say. I'm going to keep my spirit quiet. I'm just going to say, it's just the way it's going to be, folks. That there's going to be a day when last shall be first and first shall be last. It's just the way it's going to be. Do you hear me? That's the way it's going to be. Nobody's going to say, but I, but I. God's going to say, this is how it is. They were humble. They were willing to sacrifice. They were faithful. And they didn't get any recognition. And they didn't get much in a way. But God says, now it's my turn. And their faith is going to pay off. Exactly. The Bible said they'll get their reward. Now listen, don't you take this too far. Don't you, don't you envy your brother and talk about your brother and sister. This is all, again, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know. You don't know. All right? And we ought to be thankful that our brothers are blessed. So it's kind of a conundrum. I don't want to make it too complex. But we have to, as young people, as, as saints in the church, as people called to leadership, we should not covet. We should not covet recognition. Really, if you have a ministry, God will bring it in his own time. What is the will of God for you? The present duty is the will of God. The will of God for you is to do your best at what you are doing. I worked for a church, one of the best churches in America. And I went to another place. I'd already been an assistant, a full-time assistant. I went to another place, and uh, I wasn't as much as I was at the previous church. You know, it, it affects the ego. And I, I thought, Lord, I had studied, I had prayed, I'd given myself. I said, Lord, what's, what's this? I thought I would be evangelizing or something else, and here I am. I'm just, and they made me the head of the Sunday school. 
on the outreach. And you know what? God dealt with me. It was a pride thing. It was a pride thing. I went to a camp meeting, and I, I got to where I said, well, I'm just going to start taking some college classes. Who knows how long this will go on? And, uh, and nothing wrong with college classes, but I've called the ministry. I've already been you know, involved in the ministry. And I just said to myself, I'm just going to take some college classes. My dad was over there still. I said, hey, I'll pay you all kinds of money. You, you know. And he said, hey, we'll just take, take some classes, and I'll just send you some tax returns. My dad was a CPA. So I started taking data processing, accounting, and I was, I was kind of, even though I was living for God with all of my heart, I was living for God. I was kind of hurt in my spirit. And I went to a camp meeting. And God spoke, Brother Merle Ewing preached about God's cover-up. And the message he preached, how that Peter said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then Peter failed, and God said, I'm going to forgive you. And God spoke to me and said, to my heart, said, when you got the Holy Ghost, and I, and, and I began to deal with you, 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 you didn't know. You didn't get in church because you were called to the ministry. There was no deal. You were just glad to be in church. I never called you to a rose garden. When I called you, you said you wanted to do it because you love me. I never promised you would be like the way you wanted. I never promised you would be this would happen and that would happen, this sequence of events. Do you really love me? Are you willing to humble yourself? And it broke my heart. I realized that, that pride, and that's one of the biggest things you're going to fight in your life, is pride. Young person, humble yourself by faith. Humble yourself when your parents or your pastors say, you know what? I just don't feel like that's the will of God. Humble yourself when God says, you know, that career is really not for you. Now stick to what you're on right now. You know, this is especially a pastor feels good about it. You feel the, the you know, I, I don't want to get into pastoral stuff, but, but, you know, I'm not asking for anybody to do something crazy. But I, I do say there are times when God says not what you want. And people push. Well, I want to go to college. Can I say something about college right now? Can I say it? You don't need to go to college somewhere else. In fact, you don't even to go. You don't even have to go. My opinion and I know of what I speak a little bit, actually more than just a little bit, but I, you don't need to go off to college. Well, I got to go, but they only offer these programs. Oh, really? There's, there's a couple of Christian universities that offer over 100 programs, and they are online. You can go to a Christian university, a Christian university where they don't argue about, they don't promote the, you know, the, and, and, and if you're getting mad right here, it's just because there's a little root that's in you that you want to do your own thing. And you know what? A lot of kids that follow that, they end up backsliding. Really what they're trying to do is get out from under their church. The answer is to humble yourself. You've got your own life. You're going to live however you want to, but submit yourself to God. This is a good life. Stop fighting God. I'm going to do what I want to do. That you're not humbling yourself. You can be seated. Humble yourself when it comes to your, your future. A work of faith says, I'm going to obey my pastor, and I believe it's going to work out. I felt a call one time. I felt calls praying, praying, driving to California, drove to a city, not going to say which one, city that had a lot of my relatives there, city that needed a better church. They had some decent churches by, you know, muscle mammoth. Anyway, 
And, uh, and I felt something. I felt something. I told my wife. She said, I don't know. I don't know. She's, I, so I'm not going to culpate her in culparla and say that she agreed with me 100%, but she was very, you know. So I talked to my pastor, and my pastor me sorprendió. He said, no, don't even talk to me about it. I said, but I would just, no, it's not the right time. It's not the will of God. Now, I could have said, I was already, I was already like 50 years old, folks, around there, maybe 40-something years old. I could have said, wow. In fact, I did say, wow. And I said to myself, wow. That's pretty hard. But then I said, you know what? He knows what's going on. You know what I said to myself? That's just the will of God. That's just the will of God for me. I'm not going to get an attitude when my pastor says no. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to humble myself just like the Bible says. I humble myself sometimes. I have humbled myself sometimes because that's what the Bible says. To humble ourselves to our elders, to humble ourselves to those that have rule, to submit ourselves, that they give account that they may do with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. God will lift you up. It's a work of faith to humble yourself. Believe it's all going to pay off. Look, that man of God, he loves you. He's not wanting to control our lives. And you know what, God is going to, there are times the man of God says, well, I didn't see that. You know, maybe, you know, maybe I didn't understand this or that. But you know what, no matter what happens, it pays to humble ourselves because God is able through it all to demonstrate his power and to demonstrate his glory in our life. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord together today. Well, the works of faith. Noah, we mentioned this, he obeyed. It is a work of faith. He obeyed the plan of the new birth. The Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And uh, that the Holy Ghost was not yet. It's a dispeki of the Holy Ghost, which they that believe on him should receive. If we believe in God, we will obey his plan. Let's give the Lord a hand clap here today. Well... If you are not baptized in Jesus' name, and you are not baptized, I want to ask you why. Why? I don't know if there's anyone here today. Jesus Christ himself was baptized. How would you not be baptized? If they were always baptized in Jesus' name, why would you not be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? No one was baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. No one was sprinkled in water. No one was exempt. Jesus said, except you be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Peter said that we must repent and be baptized, every one of us. You say you believe in God? Then the Bible says, show me your proof. Show me your works. Hey, hey. I know why people aren't baptized in Jesus' name. You know why some people aren't being baptized in Jesus' name? can we just say it? It's because they don't want to identify with those that are on the other side, so to speak, of the tracks. They don't want to be with the people they still call heretics. What locura! It's so ridiculous that we that are obeying the Bible are the ones that are called rebellious be called crazy. No, you got to pay a price to be safe. You got to say, I'm going to obey it no matter what they say about me. I'm going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost no matter what the world says. 
because that's what's in the Bible. That is a work of faith. You can be seated. Man of God gave Naaman a plan of salvation. He said, all right, you want to be healed? Just go dip yourself seven times. Just wash and be clean. You had to obey the man of God. And yet he fought it. Well, I thought, his own thought, you know, I got a separate message, right? Wash and be clean. But finally the servant said, what's so bad? Naaman, do you want to be healed or not? All he told you was wash and be clean. Hey, people need to get a taste. Hey, they need to just go down to the altar and repent and cry some tears and get the baptism of the Holy Ghost and be baptized because once you taste, like we already heard, once you taste and see, you'll find out the Lord is good. Righteousness is better than any other thing in the world. Oh, let's praise Him together today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Musicians, why don't you come? i got to close. I'm only halfway through this lesson, but... Anyway, whatever this is. You want me to preach? I don't know. I hate to do that, but anyway. Bore you to... No, no, you're not being bored, but anyway. Where are you at? Anyway. Okay. The works of faith. Faith obeys the teachings of Jesus Christ. Holiness. Honesty. Purity. Faith is also a motivator. Faith says... Because the devil will tell you, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't be a good husband. Faith says, I'm going to still try... You know, like in basketball, I hate to use carnal things. You know, you start off, you can't shoot with your left hand if you're right-handed. I had one pastor, we went out shot together, and he was shooting left-handed. He's shooting left-handed, and you know, he's missing, and he's not hitting the basket, and, you know, he's like this. He knew that I liked to play, so he was like, and then all of a sudden we start playing. He's shooting right-handed, he's making all kinds of shots. He said, I was just playing with you, I was just wanting you to think. I couldn't play for the pace. And so, uh, Wow, how'd we get off on that? Let me see if I can tie that in. I thought it was. Seemed like the right thing when it hit me. Anyway, yeah, the holiness, honesty, purity. I'm still trying to connect that. I just have to move on. (laughs) Faith obeys. All right, let it go. Uh, Faith obeys the Bible. Yeah, I can do this. There we go, somewhat. Faith says, hey, I'm going to try. I can do that. Oh, yes, anyway, what I was going to say is that faith says, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just going to start trying. I'm going to start trying to shoot that left hand. You know. faith, faith says, you know what? I may not be the best guy yet, but I'm going to start trying. I'm going to start going to church. That's why I'm here. I'm setting my carnal self down. I'm praying, and I'm going to just listen, and I'm going to say, hey, 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 I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to listen. I'm coming so I can be a better person. I'm coming because my faith says that I can be a person of God, that I can be holy, I can be righteous if I follow and I respond in faith. We hear preaching about different subjects, and we come down and we pray, we digest, we hear the Word of God, and we go on by faith, and God helps us. I'm going to give some things here. Faith, a work of faith. This is a hard one. Trusts and worships when things seem impossible. And uh, musicians, why don't you come? I don't want this to be too much on us. It's a lot of, that's a lot of information here. But faith, faith, faith says God's going to see us through. We kind of talked about this. We sang the song. Isaac, the Lord asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son. And the Bible said, by faith, Abraham 
offered Isaac upon the altar. And the scripture said, accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead. And I think the next scripture, I'm not looking at the Bible, of which he did in like figures. In other words, he believed. And, and, and the Bible really, of course, this is a type of Christ, so on. Won't go into that. But it was a work of faith, obviously. He, he gave, he was willing to give up his only son. But he also believed God would raise him up. Faith believes. And the Bible said that he was worshiping. He worships. He worships. Faith worships when it seems like everything is going to go bad. This is a hard one. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. Agotados, sangrientos. Hallelujah. Azotados, mejor dicho. They were hardly been. They were bloody. They were whipped. They were hurting at midnight in a foreign jail in the will of God. You know, there is a suffering according to the will of God. Just because you suffer doesn't mean you did something wrong. Part of it's life, and part of it is just the experience. God can make us stronger through suffering, and it's not all the time. You tell yourself, God's been good to me. I haven't suffered all my life. Tell yourself that. Well, I've been sick two weeks now. If it's months, it's still probably only about less than a 1% of your whole life. Don't let that old attitude of, of ingratitude get a hold of you. This is hard, but you can do it. Did you say, God, by faith, I'm thanking you for this situation. I'm thinking I'm going to have the victory. Something good is going to come out of this. I'm not always, I haven't always done this. But this is the way that we have victory. We praise God through our trials. Hallelujah. We praise Him when we are hurting. We praise Him when people have hurt us. We praise Him when our finances seem like they're going south and we're still giving to God. By the way, let me jump ahead and say, faith gives. Faith believes that when we give, Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the measure, with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. The Lord said, prove me now here with saith the Lord. If I will not open up the windows of heaven, or bring all the tithes into the storehouse, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so that ye shall not be able to receive it, or room enough to receive it. Faith gives uh, when, you know, this uh, uh, COVID hit. You know, all of a sudden, boom, no revivals. They were afraid, you know, we're afraid. And, you know, I don't blame them. There I was, stopped. My son, we were both in Fresno. We were both evangelizing with our trailers. We got these pitiful pictures of our trailers. And uh, anyway, it was, a, it was, but you know what we did? What I did, I just said, hey, God, I was like, where, how am I, how am I going to support myself? Do I need to go out and try to get a job? You know, what, what do I need to do? I was willing. But I said, you know what I'm going to do first? I told my wife, I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to up our giving. Instead of this, we're going to give this much for our offerings. And I just, I said, this is what we're going to do. And you know what? It's unbelievable. It was miraculous. I had more income that year than I had the previous year. In fact, I had more income that year than I think I did the year after when I was preaching normal. You know what? God made a way because faith gives. 
We give more than our tithes. If you want to be blessed, pay, give your tithes, but give extra to the work of God. It's not going to hurt you to give 5%. It won't even hurt you to give 10%. I'm not telling you to. I'm not asking you to. God loves a cheerful giver, so don't be mad. But, but anyway, I'm going to tell you, God will bless you. You want to, you want to get out of some of your down in the dump, you know, your, you feel like you know, that it's all falling apart. I challenge you, just start giving a little more. And maybe you need to spend a little less. Can I get a witness? That might help you. Hallelujah. Going out to eat. All right. Faith believes. Well, we're just, well, I, I'll have to do that one another time. But faith prays. I really thought I'd preach more about prayer. You know what? I'll, I'll just end with this here. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. All right. Things start going bad. You know, some people, they want to call their aunt. And they want to just, you know, uh, uh, well, praise the Lord. We got some in our family that, well, we, we know some folks, I should say, that, Things start going wrong. We know we're going to get a phone call. Hey, we want to pray for you. Yeah, but it's just goes on and on and on. Anyway, you know, suppose like that. And they call this one. They call that one. And you know, my deal is, hey, 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 we need to pray. We need to pray. I don't know why it's so quiet right now, but prayer, 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 prayer is. The Bible says this: prayer is an act of faith. Luke chapter 18. Read it. The woman. She kept, she kept bugging the judge, and she kept bugging him. And the Lord said, she, the Lord said, this woman, because she keeps coming, her importunity, the judge will give her what she wants. And then he says this, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Prayer, prayer, your extra prayer. Prayer says, I don't know what I'm going to do. Prayer says, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me tell you, it's not going to kill you to pray a half an hour. Get a, it's not going to kill you to go to church and pray for an hour. You say an hour. Yeah, an hour. What? It's not going to kill you. Hey, let me tell you something. If you haven't got your flesh to where you can go to church and pray for a half an hour or an hour, you need to get your flesh out of the way. Come on now. Are you that? Whatever. But faith says, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do about my finances, about my kids. You know, you get older. I mean, the kids can miss you. Grandkids can miss you. Heart, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. All about situations that break your heart, family problems. You know what you do? You say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend some extra time in prayer. I'm going to pour out my hands to God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to shed some tears. I'm going to be like, God! Hey! And if that doesn't work, I'm going to say, God! And if that doesn't work, I'm going to say, thank you, 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 thank you for half an hour. I'm just going to pray, 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 pray. And then I'm going to just say, is there anything you want me to do? God, I want to love you. Please forgive me if anything I did. And I'm just going to keep praying. I'm just going to keep praying. I'm going to seek after God. And you know what? Somewhere in there, God's going to touch you. And you may have to keep on going. Hey, I know, folks. They say, I've been working on this. I've been taking an extra day to fast. I've been taking an extra time to prayer. It can go on for weeks and weeks. But then God will break the situation in a moment. God will do a miracle. Why? Because the person had 
faith. Cornelius was a Gentile. Cornelius had no business being filled with the Holy Ghost. But Cornelius said, I think these Jews have something. I think these Jews really are worshiping God. And he began to study, and he began to help them, and he began to worship with the Jews as much as he was able to. And he prayed, and he fasted by faith. God said, Peter, I'm going to send you to somebody. He's going to be the first one, the first Gentile. This man has been praying. This man has been seeking God. He's fasting right now. And the Bible said the angel spoke to Cornelius and said, Cornelius, your prayers are come up as a memorial before God. And I'm going to send you a man of God. God miraculously sent the apostle Peter to a Gentile, a dirty Roman Gentile. I'm saying that. I'm saying that with all due respect because he didn't merit. No mereció el evangelio. But God said, I see your faith. I see your desire. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do you want to be used of God? Do you need a miracle? Pray more. It's a work of faith. And God will give you the miracle in your life. Oh, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Let's worship the Lord in song together tonight. I'm done preaching. If you want to come and pray, whatever the Lord has dealt with you about tonight.